0: Okay, good people, let me again welcome you for our Thursday Bible study. I want to believe that all of us had a good week. On my part, like I mentioned to Judy, I've been holed up in the house, something which I'm not very really used to. I had my foot not too long ago on Monday, actually. So that meant I uh, have to spend uh, the bulk of my day around here, <coughs> hoping and waiting for a reprieve. Now, um, I want us to take it a little bit easy today on our Bible study. So, I'm looking at uh, two ways we can go about this. and Maybe you're going to tell me by the time we are done, <clears throat> you're going to tell me which one will be your fancy title. In my notes, um, I have different things which are put at different places. So, I'm still trying to find out which will make out... Um, the best um, representation of what we're going to be sharing today. But I think we'll um, move uh, um, more towards um, Christianity redefined. Okay. That sounds uh, a, little, a little more like a cliche. <clears throat> but we'll see what else can fit into what we're going to share today. But is relooking at Christianity. Ideally, either it's a relationship or it's a a business. Ideally, any relationship or business or any venture requires what you call structured reviews. Structured reviews. So there are some companies who will will call it, will say you need short-term structured reviews the whole idea of reviews is essentially to find out um, where you are has something changed okay um so think think in respect to the corporate world okay are we still relevant are we still meeting our, our market um, uh, expectations did i say that correctly um so, so there, 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 are all, there are all these things which need to be done, okay? Need to be done. Um, in life, similarly, is the same, you know? Anybody who wants to proceed in an intelligent way, in whatever venture, needs to have those time outs. Time outs here is more of um, a period, a moment, a season when you step away from, quote unquote, the game. You step away from the main fray of things, and you relook at um, certain fundamentals. Certain fundamentals. Um, the Christian Church has never been very good in this area, uh, and and again, I want to say that this is something which is done almost. It's it's such a normative thing. It is so expected that it is, it almost goes without saying that, for example, in a football match, there'll be a halftime or in some other, you know, sports, they call it timeout, where you will step away from the mainframe and you will be, you will either rest, you will replenish, you probably get new um, instructions maybe after some time, you probably lost track of what initially you had agreed you were meant to do. And now it's time to kind of, um, to recalibrate, to align or realign again to the main objectives. And, and these are things which we know. I mean, I I don't need to belabor the point. So, I mean, again, look at relationships. And I was saying this uh, rather humorously before, we started proper to Jane that um you know in every five years essentially a person has changed so much their social outlook their own personal inward changes in terms of hormonal or their entire physiology changes the same way the cells are replenished in the body you go to new places so socially you you you've you've seen different things and they have Changed your outlook, which is you've read different books. You've, for example, if you're a church person, you've been to church or you've um, interacted with books or interacted with other men of God or whatever it is, and your perspectives have continued to shift and change. In terms of um, um, jobs, maybe you've changed jobs, you know, and in the least, maybe trauma, situations that have come your way, some of them not very comfortable, but which have shaped your life. Because we are shaped by trauma as much as we are shaped by love and care. So pain also changes our lives. And sometimes, you know, you go through a barrier here. You go through a loss there and something there and a business feeling and all these traumas. So the long and the short of all I'm going to say is that um, generally in life, there is always that need, that moment, that space, that season, that opportunity, to step away from the mainframe and relook with kind of a different eye what you're doing and kind of be able to put it side by side the english word is juxtapose put it side by side in respect to where you wanted to be am I still on course and Paul was speaking on this issue when he was saying that he does not fight like a man who is shadow boxing okay in other fact, he says that he steps away, and I'm paraphrasing. He steps away so that after he has brought many people to the knowledge of the truth, he himself does not become a caste. He needs to have those moments of looking and re looking, okay, again into um, his life and mission and goals. And I think Jesus used to do something relatable. You understand that Jesus, not once or twice or thrice in the Bible, he would withdraw from the people, either himself as an individual, and either he would go to the mountain or he would hide. Okay? You remember that place in the Bible where they came looking for him. You know, immediately after he fed them, you know, the loaves, the Bible says he withdrew and he hid himself. Another place it says that um, when they found him in a particular house, the Bible says, for he could not be hid meaning that that is what he wanted to do he wanted to hide this 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 is not a new phenomenon it's something which we understand at a very basic level that it is important you know those of us who are employed those of you who are employed it is mandated by law that you should be you should have um, you should have your annual leave okay i mean it is agreed universally that you cannot go on and go on and still be productive um, if you do not have moments where you can be able to kind of separate yourself from the from your daily grind, from the daily grind, you know, and be able to step away and do something else, take care of yourself, nurture yourself, relook at priorities and things. But I began to say something that um, Christianity and maybe generally religion is never very good when it comes to stepping up. In fact, let me just go ahead of, ahead of myself and say something. If, for example, I do not see member X in church. Okay. And I'm just using this from a nominal, you know, preacher perspective. I don't, I don't think I'm nominal. Okay. I, I, I don't want to believe that I'm nominal. Um, But from a nominal, you know, standpoint, if you don't see member X in church, the first thing and the first place we go to is they've gone back. They're losing their faith. They're losing their passion. It is it is it. Sometimes the best moments are the moments when people spend alone. You know, some people use words like sabbaticals or pilgrimages, whatever you want to call them. But I strongly believe that every Christian need, in a very intermittent way, you know, those those seasonal moments when you step away from the free just a little bit and be able to look at things from a different angle. Position changes perspective. I said that correctly i think i did um so if i were to look at say moy avenue for example on top of a 20 floor you know on top of a 20 floor building there are things i'm going to see my perspective would change okay vis-a-vis if i was at the ground floor okay operating from the ground floor so position changes perspective so sometimes you need to change position so that you can be able to have a different perspective on issues and and, and i'm delivering on this and i'm already on my 10 minute and i haven't actually started proper all i want is just to kind of begin to lay a foundation that um these are very important um moments those sabbaticals those moments out and I want us to do something close to that today or move in a different direction because I strongly believe that um Christianity needs to have a look and a relook look consistently. And one of the things that is missing out, missing out, um let me frame let, let, let me phrase this correctly. Let me phrase it correctly. One of the aspects Of Christianity that is missing out because of being overly obsessed with quote unquote the game and which now requires our attention than ever before for the simple reason that situations times have changed is what I call living with sense living with sense sense is s-e-n-s-e so we've been on this we pray and it's good we read the bible it's good we cash it's all great so much so that we've forgotten that as society changes we have a more for example educated society than we had 10 15 20 years ago and that's the truth the Information age, as it is called, has made literally everybody potentially every person is a potential master student. Okay, if a person just takes advantage of the information available on the gadgets, and you know, you know, that's very cheaply available. I mean, we 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 are talking of people who can be able at any given time to acquire just about any information at the touch of a button. I mean, that's where we are today. And that means that as society changes, something must be tweaked on our side. Please understand. You need to see where I'm going. Because Christianity is supposed to meet relevant needs in society. So when society moves, okay? Okay. Now, information technology is more valuable than, you know, than, than 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 oil. You know, 70s and 80s, that was a big thing. Now, we are talking of inf- the richest people are in the area of information. So, and information has become so available. That means something has to start changing. And I'm... I want to highlight on one area, and I can highlight maybe on three or four. I don't have, the, you know, that time, um, and, and maybe we'll do it in the next other meetings on issues to do with, the, you know, management and leadership. But let's let let us talk about intelligence today, okay? Christianity in respect to living with sense, living by sense, the sense. Another way of looking at this um, from my notes, the way I've put them here, is um, the power of intelligent lifestyle. The power of intelligent lifestyle. You can call it also the power of intelligent Christianity or simply living by sense. Now, I don't have a lot of time, so I will have to do quite something um, you know in a hurry here because the questions that emanate from this conversation is how do you balance it out with faith? And we'll attempt to do it, okay? you tell me if we do justice by the time we are done, okay? So we have a people in the book of uh, Chronicles 12. First Chronicles 12. Let me check a Bible here. First Chronicles chapter 12. This is a very familiar scripture. Matter of fact, I think if you've listened to me over time, you probably know uh, that I like quoting this quite a bit. First Chronicles, twelve. Just give me a minute. Chronicles twelve. First Chronicles twelve. We'll look at uh, verse thirty-two. So, and I really hope that you're following my train of thought on uh, this whole issue. Uh, this can be a bit controversial, so please uh, don't, 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 don't miss a bit, because you might completely get um, into some other place. Tough, It's speaking about some people here. It says, um, and the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. And it says the heads of them were two hundred, and their brethren were their commandment. Now. Listen about, let's listen again. So these sons of Issachar were men that had understanding of the times. And that's a very unique quality. There are people who have understanding. But these people have understanding of the times. They understood trends, seasons moments, a very unique quality, and I think a very good prayer point. And it says, to know what is and ought to do. So when you have understanding of the time, you know what needs to be done. Why? Because seasons determine activity. If you read that one in the book of Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity. So, understanding time determines, okay, or will give you better insight into what needs to be done at any given period, okay? To know what is a lot to do, the heads of them are 200. I mean, they're only 200. And the Bible says, their brethren, what are their commandments? Not people took orders from them. And that's what happens when you. When you have this spirit, a spirit of understanding your time, people will troop towards you because people need. In, in, in actual fact, this is this is like the bedrock. This is like the this is like the basic primal. You know, this is this is the foundation of leadership. Okay, leadership essentially at a very basic level is. Knowing what needs to be done, okay? And being able to articulate it and people buying into it and being able to carry people into that space or that place while maintaining their, their enthusiasm and confidence. So, so I've put in my note something here and I've said, we need to design the moments in God. We understand from scripture, I don't want to belabor the point that the kingdom of God advances, meaning the kingdom of God is moving. There's a scripture which, I um, hope I can get it in exactitude. I don't know if this version says it uh, the way I want it uh, to say. Hmm, let's just uh, try. I believe the version I need is an NIV and I don't have an NIV with me here. You read Psalms 84. Okay. If you use the NIV, it says, Blessed is a man whose strength is indeed the one I'm using. Says in whose heart are the ways of them. The the, this should be old King James or something, not so sure. Um, the NIV says, Blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Blessed is the man whose heart is set. Pilgrimage is constant movement. It's set on pilgrimage. You can confirm that in your free time. You'll find it is as, a, as like I'm telling you. So we know the kingdom of God is moving. Now, this is something which we have said here before, but let me just say it again for the sake of emphasis. Where God was... And please mark my words, where God was, was is W-A-S. It means he's not there today. Where God was is no longer holy. Because the moment you say was, you're suggesting he is not there now. So when the kingdom advances, the kingdom moves, the kingdom of God advances violently. So if the kingdom of God has moved, where God was is no longer holy, you can't go take off your shoes at a burning bush. Okay, where God was yesterday. It's not burning today. God is not there today. The your shoes is no longer worship. It's idolatry. It's worshiping an idol. It's worshiping a tree. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, and you... I read a quote one time many years ago and completely refused to leave my mind. And this quote said, Irrelevance is answering a question that nobody is asking. Think about it. The the way to be irrelevant, either you're looking at it from a business perspective or at a church perspective, the way to be irrelevant and people just, I mean, you just lose relevance is when you're answering a question, either by what you're doing or by the product you're offering that nobody is asking. And so, the need to see where society is at any given time, so that we can answer again the question that people are asking because that's what makes us relevant. I need to move very quickly so um so designing moments in God, please um treat what I'm saying, especially in this earlier part of my sharing as very important prayer you know areas for our lives, okay. Lord, open my eyes that I may see you. Open my eyes that I may see. That I may see, for example, where am I in you? I've been saved from 1984. I've been at the very heat of... Huh? You know, the very At the very heat of things. Is that what? Like that? Yes. I've been always at the very center of things, either in preaching or whatever it is. Very intense... Um, my life has been a roller coaster of Christian activity, okay? right at the very heart of it. and I can tell you, I can tell you, um, you can get so caught up in the vortex of activity, and sometimes it is not just what you do. Um, uh, it's 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 not it's. It's not, it's not what you do. It's how much gets done. That's what I'm looking for in English. I was looking for in English. It's not It's not how much we do. It's how much gets done. How much gets accomplished. We can do crusade from here to Malindi. But what is the actual impact? Okay. We can do all sorts of things. The issue here is... And again, I keep coming back to the word... Living by sense, being able to look at something with what the Englishmen call a hard nosed outlook. Have you, ever, have you ever, you know, and most of you are in corporate, you know, you can give your bosses stories. Say, for example, you are a salesperson. At the end of the day, the man will look at all those um, reports and go to what they call bottom line. At the end of the day, did you sell? It's called a hard nosed outlook to issues. Hard most outlook to issues, and in the Christian faith, I keep repeating this: we're never very good at it. We're never very good at looking at the bare issues. You know, you know. Somebody once said that um, you are entitled to your opinions, but you're never entitled to your facts. <laughs> facts are just facts. You are entitled to your opinions, but you cannot make up facts. Okay, facts are facts facts are stubborn if it's not working it's not working stories aside and everything else aside let me move quickly so so this designing moments in God for example where am I as an individual where is my marriage where am I in respect to job or business or career? What is God emphasizing in my life now? Okay? And another another title and Paul will have a very difficult time trying to, I'm very poor in titling someone, so I'm telling you. Um, another way of looking at this and titling it is The Power of of a kairos moment. You know kairos and chronos. Kairos is um, is a season in God. Kronos, where you get the word chronometer which you know is an old English word for uh, watches. Um, kairos is season. Kairos is its spiritual seasons. So another way of looking at it what you're sharing is the power of the kairos. Okay? God makes all things beautiful in his time in his time it, it becomes beautiful you know we have um, you know if, if you could look through what i'm seeing you know, right across the window where i'm where i'm seated you know there's some big passion fruit that is growing all over the place it's moved all the way down it's gone to the upstairs rooms you know i mean it's gone all over the place um the 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 um, the, the passions when they um the passion fruit no, when it is not mature, it's not sweet. There's something they call maturation for use in psychology. You know, that something is only good when it is mature. <laughs> you understand? It is only usable when it is mature. Okay? When it has reached its season, its time. But it's, it's still called a passion. You, know, you understand? I'm seeing a few from where I am. I mean, it's still passion, but it's not ripe. Right. Okay, it's bitter. It will give you probably stomach upset. So, so, time out. Time out, guys. So that we can be able to ask ourselves some of these sometimes very uncomfortable, you know, questions. Where, where is my marriage? I mean, do you understand you can be in a marriage and the only reason why that marriage is on is... Um, long-suffering, the quality of (laughs) long-suffering. That is the only reason why it is there. Okay? If truth be told, I mean, there is no life, there is no love, there is no passion, there is no compatibility, there is nothing like looking forward. It's just there. And I can tell you, a lot of, especially about marriage in the African context, survive purely on long-suffering. Okay? A lot of... uh, African marriages survive on long-suffering, okay, so where am I in business and sometimes these are very difficult questions to ask ourselves, you know, I mean, I'm rushing in or I'm moving or I'm running into my 50s, I'm running into my, you know, 40s and I know most of you, most of you, you are within those ranges, you know, and um, yeah, where am I in terms of business, can this sustain me when I start to slow down at 60 or 70, okay, do I need to start doing something else on the side? These are difficult questions that we need to step away and begin to live by sense. Okay. What is God emphasizing in my life? Another a question I ask. What, did, what is God emphasizing in my life now? What do I need to fix now? What, what do I need to fix? Okay. Sometimes it's an issue of health you understand? It's an issue of your physical fitness, issue of what, how we eat, um, when, or what we eat, better put, what we eat, nutrition. It's living by sense. You know, please notice, I have no problem with prayer and I have no problem with all those other big spiritual activities. But I'm saying if there's an area which sometimes we don't shed as much light, Okay, that we need to change, we need to change location. We need to change um, position for us to be able to, for us to be able to have a different perspective. This, 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 this is it. This area, living by sense. Okay, what do I need to fix? Okay, either in my marriage, in my health. And even when it comes to talking to God, let me be even more clear here. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but sometimes I think, I think our prayer, um, and uh, please forgive me, I, I I don't want to sound like if today I'm on a, you know, battering, you know, thing, okay? You know, like if I'm on a Christianity battering thing, okay? But I think it's good sometimes we just um, kind of, be a little brutal with ourselves? Have you ever stopped and listened to yourself pray? Do you know a lot of prayer don't even make sense? I mean, if you want to pray, sorry, if you are to address people the way we pray, I mean, a lot of people will think you're mad. And I'm honest, it's the truth. Okay. I mean, when you want to talk to a colleague, you want to talk to your superior, whatever. You sit down, you even jolt something on a piece of paper and say, okay, I'm going to go into the office and I'm going to approach him this way. Then I'm going to talk about this. Then I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to argue my case this way. Then I'm going to give out this information. Then I'm going to deduce my thing like this. Then I'm going to... The shorter, the sweeter. Have you ever sat down one day and very objectively listen either to yourself or somebody pray and try to imagine that there was an an intelligent person across the table listening I mean, and I keep wondering what is with the change of voice sometimes I keep wondering why has prayer got to change the way I sound why has prayer got to change the way I mean, just at a very basic the way I sound, I have to I have to borrow a base I don't have. What's this charades? Because prayer is just that. It's prayer. It's talking to God. Anyway, anyway, um, let me take it easy. I think that's what I said earlier. We'll take it easy. But I want you to do a very deliberate activity for me, please. Sit down one day, maybe in a prayer meeting one day, and just listen to someone and ask yourself, what if there was somebody intelligent sitting across? And I mean, who more intelligent than God? Imagine that there was somebody intelligent listening. We start somewhere We, you know, we come a you know, we come on huku mulev, you huku. Father, I thank you, I worship you, I give you glory, I pray for my cousin, I pray, you know, and everything is no order, no structure, no nothing, too much repetitions, too much, um, I mean, the whole thing is, it's weird. I actually lack words and I am not a kind of person who lack words. I lack words to define, it's completely twisted and so messed up. So let me just ask you, you know, sometimes, you know, and I tell people this, you know, if you don't know what you're going to say in a prayer, and maybe it's con- congregational prayer, write it down. There's absolutely nothing wrong in doing it. Just write it down. You don't know, say, I'm going to approach God like this. I mean, God is such an important person. Okay? I will worship Him. I know the model prayer, the one Jesus gave us, and I know the principles. It starts with worship. It starts with thanksgiving. Okay? I'm, I'm going to acknowledge God, His place in my life, His preeminence, supremacy, and, and all those things. I'm going to approach Him that way. Then I'm going to make my petitions known to Him. And, and, and you can break it down. There's absolutely nothing wrong in doing it. Okay? I tell people, and it is a truth, um, you are truly present company, Steve Munger. I have a reflective mind. I'm not very good with being ambushed with something. Okay. people who thing that I am, but actually I am always better or at my best. If I have a few seconds to think, okay. So if I have a few seconds to just reflect, I do much better. So because I know that about myself, I don't let people to ambush me. So if you tell me I'm going to do something, I tell you, give me some time. Okay. There's a quote we normally give out um, on the topic of communication. We say, blessed is a man who has nothing to say and no one can force them to say it, okay? If you have nothing to say, if you're not ready for for a preaching or whatever it is, let no one force you to say it. Let's move quickly. So, what is my season or what is the season? Those are the things which I'm saying, step away, okay? We, We also say that talk to God with sense on issues. Is this season, is it my season for getting married? For the ones who are not married. Or for building a house. for getting children. Buying a car. Taking a course. A new course. Studies. Okay. So. Please appreciate where I'm going with all this. Do I need to change, uh, for example, friendships and relationships? Because, you know, this is another area where you can completely halt. You know what I mean? Halt, grind to a halt, just just because of who you're jogging with, or who you're who you're running with, or you're walking with. You know, your jogging partners can slow you down. You remember that time that on our good runner, keep Was it? Um, I forget his name. You know, was running. He needed to get people who could. Um, Set the pace for him, very important. Okay, so so are the people that I have put around me um pulling me down to a backward position? Do I need to change them? Or do I, or do I need to change myself? There are some relationships that we need to drop very quickly, and and, 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 and it's important you hear me say this: there are some relationships. And we were saying this, uh, you know, I've gone out to have a haircut. And I was telling somebody that um, there are some relationships where the dust never settles. There's always drama after drama. they are high octane, high intense, swimming upstream, you know, kind of relationship. You know, dust never settles, relationship. Energy sapping kind of relationship antagonistic, high conflict. People with difficult personalities. The question here is, do I need this for where I'm going? Or do I simply say, it's okay to lose one or two? Um, There's something I said in a couples meeting not too long ago. And I said that... um, my principle and maxim when it comes to relationships generally is this that i would rather accommodate in my life i would rather accommodate the absence of a person in my life than accommodate okay let me rephrase it i would rather accommodate the the absence of a person okay In my life, and and, and I'm okay with it, than to tolerate a person's disrespect for my boundaries. Okay, it is easier for me to let go a person, and and I, I didn't frame it exactly the way I said it, but it is easier for me to 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 lose a person, okay, than it is for me to accommodate a person who is disrespecting my boundaries. And and it's very important that we, we, we appreciate that. Your boundaries are so important. Okay? That it is easier to lose a person than to accommodate a person who is, you know, messing around with your boundaries. Okay? I wish I could remember how I said it exactly. Okay? But I'm using my phone. I could have picked it up from my phone. So, um, So, so this, this, this very, this very difficult, um, difficult, difficult relationship, difficult relationship. Okay. And some of them, we just have to learn to let go because that is the safest thing to do so that we can be able to, you know, maintain our sanity. So, um. Are there character deficiencies in my life that need to be fixed? And again, this is a hard-nosed outlook. Emotions aside, so we say, what are the character deficiencies in my life? Okay. Am I honest? Am I dutiful? How About my work ethics? And the list goes on. What are the areas I need to fix? The whole idea here is we want to operate intelligently. That's all I'm saying. The whole of this is that, that that we just want to operate intelligently. Where am I now? Okay? What is the stage of my let me call church? My community. Let me, let me call it my community. The people that I lead, where are they? What do I need to do? And, and I'm speaking now as a minister. What is your state? Where what where do we need to go more? Do they need more encouragement? Do we need more motivation? Do we need more spiritual grounding and development? Again, I keep saying we want to operate intelligently, and the inverse of that is that um, we will not operate foolish. Okay? That's what that's that's there's a lady who was asking some some guy, can't remember where I watched it, but I, I watched already somewhere. So she was she was asking this guy, my exes keep coming back to me, they hurt me. You know and this guy answered her oh, and she said and he said they want to they want to they want to find out if you're still stupid. You know? They keep coming back to check if you're still malleable, if you are still usable, if you are still if you're still stupid. Okay? And if it is your job to show them that, hey, when I made a position to step away, I you know, I meant exactly. So so where are we as, say, for example, PSFC, are we supposed to be building vision? Are we supposed to be recasting vision? Because you can forget the vision. Okay. What is our next level in God? People must always be in a developmental state at any given time. People should always be developing, growing towards the next level in God. Constant improvement, that's what I call it. Personal growth programs and plans. These are things that should continue. I mean, moving forward, this should be very important for us. And because I don't want to take too much time, let me let me let me see if i can okay before i finish um so normally what happens is when people are not growing and they're not developing and they're not moving to the next thing in god what they what they end up doing is what the englishmen call regagitating you know regagitating. it's like um you know the way ruminant animals, you know, they have, you know, different chambers in their, you know, in their stomach, you know, and they have to bring back to chew the card. Okay. It's not very nice. So we end up regurgitating things which we have done before. It reminds me. Um, hmm, let me see if I can get that. First Samuel 28. I believe it is. I believe it is. Okay. You read it. It's first Samuel 28. Let me first confirm it's first. Of all. Then you read it. It's a long passage, but it's it's a story of um, King Saul. Samuel had died, you know, and one used to rely on Samuel for information and guidance and all that. So Samuel has died. This man hasn't moved on. So King Saul has to go to a witch. yes it is. Start from verse three. Let me see. Yeah. Verse 3, now someone was dead and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards of the land. So, you know, the Philistines gathered themselves together and came pitched in Shunem. Okay, when Saul saw the host of Philistines, he was afraid. His heart greatly trembled. Okay, So verse 7 says Then said Saul unto his servants Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her and his servants said to him Behold there's a woman that hath a familiar spirit of Endor, You know a place called Endo. So Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment and he went to her Now the whole issue here was Saul wanted to bring back Samuel from the dead which he did you know, the Bible says, and Samuel said, verse 15, to Saul, why hast thou disquieted me to, be, to bring me up? <laughs> you know, regagitating, let me give you a fancy word, and I think you need to write it down somewhere. I call this from a spiritual angle, I call it reawakening an ancient anointing to gain a present access. Okay, that's a nice fancy title. Again, you can use it for today. Reawakening an ancient anointing. This is an anointing that existed before so that you can gain a present access. To gain a present access. And that's what is happening today. Let me be very, very very honest with you. That's exactly what's happening today. Okay. Then enter with a new, you know, avenue that God has provided We're going back to the old paths which cannot take us to the place we need to go into our future. My time is really up.